The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 116. General West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we are discussing the eighth episode of season six, The Other Guys. Fortunately, we're not talking about the uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. Which was based on this episode. Sure. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> when a ghoul named Kansu discovers the location of SG-1, he sends his first prime, Herak, to capture them. Meanwhile, on another planet, the three scientists, Drs. J. Falger, Simon Coombs, and Mayer, observe SG-1's activities, and Falger cannot stop fanboying out over them. When SG-1 is attacked by the Jaffa, Falger and his colleague, Dr. Simon Coombs, decide to rescue them, only to discover that the capture is all part of a ruse because Kansu is actually a Tok'ra spy embedded in the System Lords. On Kansu's prison planet, Herak, who knows about Kansu's true allegiance, takes control after killing Kansu and tortures SG-1 for information. Felger and Coombs, disguised as Jaffa, find SG-1 and help them to escape, defeat the Jaffa, and return to Earth. In the end, Felger daydreams about being romantically involved with Major Carter, but it turns out just to be another fantasy. And the scientists continue their work while trading insults. I really, really liked this episode. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yep. What are your thoughts on it, Father? Yeah, this is this is one of the great ones. You know, it it it's kind of a throwaway episode. You know, it's it's it really doesn't do much to expand plot lines or anything like that. It's just fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. Especially with you get the the two actors. You get uh, Patrick McKenna who mm-hmm. you know, played Jay Felger, and of course John Billingsley is Simon Coombs. Of course, you know they're they're both great, great fun comedic actors. They do a really good job in this as kind of the geeks um, that are kind of. One of them thrown in the middle of it. One of them willing jump, willingly jumping into the middle of it. Yep. <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun, and you know, of course, the other guys do actually get their chance to, to, uh, to save, help save the day, even if they're not officially a part of SG One, and they don't get a smooch from Sam Carter. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, we often joke about how long is it going to be before we reference Star Trek on this podcast, and they mm-hmm. reference Star Trek on this episode like a couple minutes in. So, well, and of we course go. that's 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 you know that's meta there because at the time John Billingsley was playing Doctor Flox on right. Enterprise, so that's totally uh, meta at that point. So, and I joke that this is a Her- Harold Green and Doctor Flox save SG One because <laughs> yeah. Patrick Kenna is known for the Red Green Show as. Mm-hmm. Red's uh, cousin, Harold. Nephew, Harold. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Victor? No, I like this episode, too. It's it's one when 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 I saw it was coming up, I was very excited. Yeah, it's it's a very fun episode. Uh, 
I think it was the first one that that Damien Kindler is is credited with writing, and he's he becomes a pretty consistent writer throughout the the rest of the franchise, I believe. But yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Some some very good character actors uh, who who we've mentioned. You know, there's a lot of really good humor in it. Uh, one thing I don't I don't there's a couple of things I I don't like about it too, which we can get into. Some of Jack's um, one liners fell a little flat, and they even <laughs> kind of note that in the episode that his yep. his quips are need are work. falling. Yeah, need 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 some work too. So I I guess it's not that bad, but. Um, no, I, I like, I like the, the, you know, the sort of the comedy of errors here and the, and the progression and yeah, there's just so many like great, like, like comic beats in this that, that work really well, I think. Yeah. I did like, uh, one of Jack's quips about when they're asking what's going to happen after they've been put on the Hitak, mm-hmm. uh, and he's explaining to Coombs and, uh, Felger about it that, uh, some overdressed, like overacting villain is going to come in and talk about our, like our doom. Yeah. It's like, that yeah. was perfect. Yep. <laughs> he counts down and, and the door opens and there's a Eric right there. Yep. Yeah, no, this is, this was fun and it's doesn't really do much for the plot. And I, I feel like having a system Lord or a Tokra embedded in the system Lords as a spy, was kind of wasted in this episode because that would have been an interesting plot to develop and it's kind of just here and gone, but I will. Yeah. Yikansu, we, we, we hardly knew ye. We didn't even know you at all. <laughs> right. He's, he probably has two minutes of screen time. Yeah. But I do think they, they set that up, you know, SG1 is captured and there's, there's some, some signs that it's a, it's a setup like from the beginning where, you know, Carter says, "Oh, Hammond just radioed in," and and Jack's like, "Well, let's go. We'll go over here and just yeah. don't follow mm-hmm. us." You know, that sort of thing. And then, so at least they, to the audience, they reveal that um, pretty quickly into the episode. And then to uh, to Coombs and and Felger, they they reveal that um, you know right after the audience does. So it's not this big long. I don't like it on shows like where you know it's obvious to the audience, but the characters like bumble through it. You know, the, yeah. So well, they they even kind of point out that this is different because they're they're under arrest and and talks to Jonas Quinn. Well, so are, aren't you sweating? You know, this is your first time being arrested. Yeah, and he's just kind of like, eh, like why are you smiling? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a callback too. He was smiling first time in a death glider, first time in a submarine, right? And yep. so he was smiling. So Sam was like, why aren't you smiling? Yeah. First yeah, I'm getting captured by the Jaffa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like you know Jonas has I think maybe three lines in this. He's kind of just you know in the background. Like sometimes he'll pop into frame, you know, when 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 Jack is talking to the Jaffa or something. But um, yeah, so not and then you know Teal gets some good lines as as well. But mm-hmm. for the most part, they it's it's Felger and Coombs's episode, which is I think as it should be. Yeah. yeah. No. I like that. Yeah. And we don't, we don't really get a lot of the main team. We get Jack more than anyone, but that's kind of always how it goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like Sam doesn't even really, Sam doesn't even really throw any kind of technical knowledge. No, I like, uh, I like at the beginning when he's just like standing there, uh, when Felder's just standing there watching them work and he's just going on about how awesome they are. And yeah, uh, the other guys are just kind of like just over it. Yeah. Well, then, then they're east side. Oh, I wonder what they're talking about now. And they're talking about Stanley Cup. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, well, so who who do you want for the cup? Lord Stanley's cup. 
I believe the, the Canucks have, yeah. This is the, I believe the Canucks are the superior, superior warriors. warriors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was reading online that actually um, they played that on the Jumbotron at the Canucks games, like that line. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That, that year, yeah, because they were, that's were awesome. doing well that, that year. <laughs> I want to see... I want to see t- an episode with Teal going to a hockey game. Yeah, we never. We, I don't think we see it, but they, they've obviously gone because he talks about. Right. Yeah, I took you last year. Yeah, which is kind of a welcome change because I think half of the MacGyver episodes involve Richard Dean Anderson coaching a hockey team or <laughs> you know stopping a, a, a nuclear terrorist at a hockey game or something. Yeah, they just. <laughs> The the Vancouver seasons, which I think were like seasons three through six or something, they were they were always at a hockey game. It seemed like. I wonder if this is a subtle reference to that. It could be, maybe, or ice hockey is just a just a, such a big part of. And the other the other thing I don't like about this this uh, episode is the way they say Jaffa, Jaffa, you know, the, the Canadian pronunciation, <laughs> Jaffa. Jaffa, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, to Jaffa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a month ago when my older brother came to visit, his kids wanted to do an English biscuit tea party. I guess they saw this online and so they bought all these different English biscuits. This will this will become related. I know it sounds like a total non sequitur, <laughs> but they had these cookies that were called Jaffa cakes. So oh yeah. I thought that was funny. I'd not heard of those yeah. before. Yep. So I, I saw them and I was just like Cree. Cree. Yeah. Everyone else is like, what? what? No, tea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is basically the Lower Decks episode of SG-1, mm-hmm. but it's... One of. It, one of, yeah. They don't really... Yeah, because we had the one with all the trainees. Yeah. And there's there's more coming up where we see more of the uh, geeks and involved. Yeah. And we get another Felger episode too next season, mm-hmm. which is nice. nice. We don't see Coombs again, but ah, yeah. I mean, it'd be fun to have John Billingsley on more. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't really. So, do they ever do an episode like that where it's not centered on the main team and it's the peripheral people around them, like the sport people that isn't just played for comedy? Because so far we've just had these episodes that were basically played for comedy. Uh, hard to, hard to say. No, I don't think so on SG one, maybe more so on Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I want to say, right. yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember anything in specific, specific, you know, again, you have these episodes where it, it's totally comedy, totally humor. Um, but yeah, I can't think of it like a really serious episode that doesn't involve the main team. Yeah. And by the time we get to universe, it's really more of an ensemble cast. And so. Um, you know, Dr. Rush, uh, is, is the main, I'd say probably the top build actor on that. And, um, mm-hmm. and so you, you do, you do get episodes that, you know, there's really no main cast. So when they just have like an episode of four characters, it's, you know. Yeah, that's true. And those characters aren't like a main SG team either, right? No, I mean, there's military people there. But they were just they just kind of got yeah. thrown together due to an yeah. emergency. So, so it's like Voyager, kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like what Voyager probably should have been like, which the way universe first season Voyager universe, was dark yeah. and depressing. So Battlestar yeah. Galactica, 
Well, they they pull it together <laughs> by season two. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm interested to get to that one. Yeah, it. I, I'm interested to rewatch it because I I think I was. I'd, I'd be interested to see if I was just very unfair to it, mm-hmm. um, the first season. But I mean, by the time it was canceled after season two, I was like, "No, it's just starting to get good. Don't do it." You know, like, <laughs> I want to see more of this. I admittedly, I never got through the first season. I gave up on it. I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. There's some. So there's I'm some kind of looking cringe. forward to going back and watching it. So yeah, it'll be fun to do that when we get there in five five years, maybe. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Probably longer than that. <laughs> well, yeah, because we got all of Atlantis to go through too in this in the process. So, don't forget, uh, infinite is it Infinity? Infinity, yep, yeah. and Origins, yeah, both. Oh, let's not do Origins, yeah. please. So <laughs> that is so, one I have watched. <laughs> so, so this episode has probably one of my favorite like gags, like funny gags in it, and it's when <laughs> Coombs and Felger ring up to the mothership because their plan is they've seen. Uh, SG one get uh, get captured, and so Veldra Vel- has the idea: Hey, we'll hook up this Naquita generator we brought with us to these transporter rings, and if the mothership is in range, we can just ring right up. And um, I think this we may have seen it once before, but this is kind of like the standard design of the Naquita generator that we see, mm-hmm. you know, at least for the next few years. The kind of yep. you know orbs on either side, the kind of portable Naquita generator. So it was cool to see that, and they just you know hook it right into the crystals and ring up. But what's funny is is, is, is is they ring up and Felger just <laughs> covering his eyes, just unloads his sidearm, firing yeah. in all directions. <laughs> they ring up to an empty room and he's just shooting in every direction. And Coombs is like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it just, it's just one of the, I think it's just one of the funniest moments on, on Stargate. Yeah, they're even, he's even carrying the gun afterwards with, you know, the slide locked back because it's yeah. completely empty. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I'm ready to go. It's like uh, another magazine doing, yeah. might be a good yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah so i love how comically inept they are whereas they're they're good in their specific field but missions like this is not what they're what they're suited for yeah and, and aside from like like being able to read gould and kind of able to figure out their operating system on their control panel which is how they rescue sg1 mm-hmm. there's no moment where they're like oh well we're the scientists we'll science our way out of this it's yeah. it's just them bumbling through, you know, kind of doing the actiony heroy things, which yeah. which I think works really well. You mm-hmm. know? Well, well, Felger, you know, he supposedly he knows the the schematics of the of the sh- mothership so well, you know. And of course, there's I love that one scene. Go this way, and the camera's sitting there, and they cross. I meant this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the uh, so once they get to the planet. So they they break in and they like crawl through like the going to call them Jeffrey's tubes, even though that's mm-hmm. not probably what they're called. But that's what they, they are. Shut you off, yeah. Jaffa, yeah. Jaffa, Jaffa tubes. Jaffa tubes. Yes. <laughs> they get in there. They get into the cell, and that's when Jack informs them that they've completely messed up the entire mission because Kosu is a Kansu is a uh, Tokra agent. And then they have to go back and hide, like in this back warehouse room. And then when they get to the planet, it's revealed that the uh, the first prime knows about the whole thing. He kills him, takes over, and they they were told just to wait there. And then all the Jaffa come into the room. They're able to take them down, and you get that hard cut where where they go from what they put on the Jaffa armor. And get that hard yeah. cut where they go. They ring down to the planet. 
Yeah, so Kansu yeah, has a part. Yeah, Kansu has a couple loyal Jaffa who know his true identity, mm-hmm. and they're kind of the ones who are tasked with, um, you know, the, these loyal Jaffa are, are supposed to be watching over um, Coombs and Felger. And then the, you know, the regular Jaffa who are loyal to Anubis know about this. And so they they kill Kansu's Jaffa while Felger mm-hmm. and Coombs are hiding. And so right. then they put on, um, you know, the loyal Jaffa's, Felger and Coombs put on the loyal Jaffa's armor, which doesn't have any blast marks on it conveniently but um, uh, it's got two holes it does okay i missed yeah, that you can see yeah, it on there. yeah there's one okay. of them had a hole in the front and one of them oh, had a hole that's in the back he got, got his hand on his side when he's walking. Uh, okay yeah i totally missed that like as many times as I've, as I've watched this i'll have to go back and watch that again now but I, I do like um when john billingsley has has his glasses and is like putting them on and turns around just yeah. seeing a jaffa in, in glasses is a Kind of, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and they're just like walking past all the other Jaffa and they're like yeah. nodding to them. Just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then after that, they get to the, they're getting to where the, the base is to rescue SG-1 and a Jaffa recognize the, recognizes that they're not Jaffa and comes to get them. And uh, Coombs is able, or not Coombs, uh, Felger shoots him with the, uh, he zats him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coombs just starts yelling at him. He's like, you shot him. You shot him. I was like, no, I zatted him. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Coombs has <laughs> totally the, uh, different. Coombs creates a distraction by getting physically ill and throwing up on the yes. Jaffa's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, I want to see more of these characters in the show. Of course, I, I do like that they, uh, that they do ca- are able, like I said, uh, during my little, my little uh, summary that they, uh, they, do get to kind of save the day that they are able to get mm-hmm. into the control room mm-hmm. where they can control everything and they're able to go through and, and start moving crystals and they know what they're doing there and they can read it and they can figure everything out and they get, you know, get things shut down. And then Felger goes to the, the, uh, goes to the armory. And of course he walks in the room and immediately stumbles and drops all the zats. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, but right in perfect line. Do you yeah. notice that? It's like, I think all but the one he handed Sam was like it fell right at the feet of the, the other members of SG One. It's uh, yeah. one of those unfortunate or the the fortunate accidents, rather. Yeah, works out well for him. And then at at one point, one of the running gags is uh, Felger is joking about is it Felger or Felger? They say it, they say it different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. okay, that's different why. characters. Yeah, you have you have Jaffa, Jaffa, Felger, Felger. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, Sergeant or mayor, the Dr. Mayors says everything t- two different ways. Yeah. I yeah. What was up with his character, but yeah. Yeah. We didn't but, even talk about him yet. He's the, the third guy he sent back through the Stargate to warn Stargate command and he doesn't really get a lot to do, but no, he was there. Basically he gets to be the one tell, uh, General Hammond that his two compadres decided to sneak on after SG one and mess everything and, up. You know, yeah, yeah. Pretty or much not rather. <laughs> As I say, we did have one other star Trek reference. We didn't talk about other than the, uh, the altar of Roddenberry. Um, yes. Uh, worship at the altar of Roddenberry behind, uh, uh, Konsu's chair is a batleth. Yes. Playing on batleth. Yes. That I, as soon as that, they showed that room. That was the very first thing I noticed. It's like there's Batleth up on the wall, and apparently <laughs> one of those swords back there is the sword from Highlander. Yeah. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. The actual sword. 
Yeah, apparently, yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. There's only one of them, so. Yo. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the uh, there's a running gag throughout out the episode that uh, Jack is going to want to shoot uh, Felger when he finds out, and then we, we get that towards the end where he tells him, I'm going to shoot you. And I was wondering about that. I was like, is that, is that crossing a line, like telling one of your subordinates that you want to shoot him? Not if you're Jack. That's Jack, true, I, I guess. Jack said can... that before. He's done that before. He said that before. He's Fair actually enough. shot people before. So. Yeah. That's true. And we even get Felger asking Coombs, like, what would what would Colonel O'Neill do if he was here right now? And Coombs says, do you want me to shoot you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then uh, after they return to the base, they're able to, to escape. You get a lot of uh, fun... Um, fun zatting and those big like laser turrets mm-hmm. i always love when Teal- tilk well, uses those it's fun to see yeah I, I love the i love the scene while you know coombs is trapped in the console room there and so jack and tilk have to go back and they're pounding on the door the door's about ready to break down all of a sudden you hear shouts and zap 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 and that was yep. it all of gone yeah and then you hear more pounding on the door and so I mean, Coombs is in like real peril here. And I think, I think, you know, John Billingsley plays it very well that, you know, it's, it's comedic, but it's still also, you're like, oh, he, you know, could be caught or, or killed mm-hmm. at this point. And he doesn't know what's going on on the other side of the door. And then of course the, the door, which I never understand, <laughs> I never know what the Gould mothership, what material the Gould mothership and Gould bases are supposed to be made out of mm-hmm. because it looks like stone and here it kind of looks like stone or fiberboard or something. So I just assume yeah. that they're made out of particle board and are just flying around in space, like in, in these like <laughs> ships. Because it's, yeah, they're it's supposed never... to look like, like bronzed stone or something like that. But then, you know, of course, you know, for the show, they're actually made out of, you know, foam board or something like yeah. that. But... Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure online there's some, some schematics that tell you exactly what it is. It's some sort of advanced Nakura infused composite yeah. Yeah. ceramic. There we go. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very strong. Yeah. And it, it works at the speed of plot too for breaking through it. Oh, exactly. Course. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. There and was- you see what Jack used to break through it. And it was like one of those, like, you know, it looked like one of those, you know, things that holds up the, the barriers, you know, at the movie theater, like one of those <laughs> little pylons or something. And I was just wondering what that was doing in the hallway. Well, it's like but- a, a rammer, you know, something okay. you use to, to ram a door, but yeah, yeah. a door that's a bit more flexible than. Yeah. It's the same thing that Indiana Jones used to break into the floor at the library. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. One of those. yeah. That's like, this is actually, <laughs> it. it's actually the same one. This was, it's a little cameo here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No. Little known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of rapid fires adding in this too, mm-hmm. which is fun to see because one of my problems with Star Trek and a lot of older sci-fi is that they have these advanced energy weapons and then it's just like, shoot, shoot, yeah. shoot. It's fun yep. to see him like acting like a machine gun. Yeah. And the sound effects are a little ambiguous too. You don't know if they're doubles adding like all the soldiers. Cause you're mm-hmm. and you're just like, that could just be one zat. And uh, our 10 year old was watching this with him and he turned to me. He's like, so like how long after you're added, do you have to wait before you can be zatted again without it killing you? 
And I can't recall if that showed up in one of the, if that was answered in one of the Wormhole Extreme episodes. Because, you know, two two hits from the Zat gun will kill you. And so well, they, at, I think the first one, it did. they did ask about that. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was just kind of one of those passing lines that went by, you know. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I think it's like maybe as soon as you no longer feel the effect from the first one, maybe. The charge dissipates or something. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, it, it, it stuns you unless you're Jack and then it just, you know, knocks you on your butt. And yeah. Makes you a little loopy for a few seconds. Yeah. yeah probably exactly. developed a tolerance to it. It probably wouldn't affect Sergeant Siler at all then because he's been electric, electrocuted more times than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You yeah, just that's all you've got. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the, uh, the end after they've returned. And this is something that I, so they, they get there and then you get this scene where they're presented with the civilian medal of bravery or whatever. Yeah. And Jack gives it to him and he's like, even though you completely disobeyed my orders, you guys are still heroes. And then Sam comes and she gives uh Coombs a kiss on the cheek, but then she, she goes right in with a uh, Felger yep. and then it cuts to that, which is. He was daydreaming about that while they're back in the lab working on mm-hmm. whatever they're working on. They start insulting each other again. And what I want to know is, at what point does the daydream start? Is this entire episode a daydream, or is it just the ceremony, or is it just the kiss? It's it's the ceremony. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Avenger 2.0 kind of makes it clear that Felger's daydreams are, are only... <laughs> limited to Samantha Carter and other members of the fairer sex, let us say. Um, <laughs> no, no. And this is even on, uh, I think the, you know, gay world or something where uh, Malazzi says that, you know, fans were, you know, because the ending was a daydream fans started speculating was the whole thing, a daydream. And that wasn't mm-hmm. what they were intending uh, yeah. to do with it. So, but no, I mean, he, yeah, the daydreaming thing comes back um, in, in his next episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because at the end there, I was, I kind of thought, was this entire thing, like, did the whole episode just take place, them sitting in there and he's thinking about it? That would have been cool in a, in a way, too. I, yep. I think it works well either way. Yeah. So it's kind of like in, like Inception. Is this top still, like, I don't know, whatever, spinning in the background? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that movie. <laughs> Yeah, once, I, or as I call it, van slowly falling into a river or something. That's all I remember about that movie. It's like, why is the van still falling into the river? This is taking forever. Let's call it The Matrix was better. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no. I think Stargate does comedy better than almost any other show I've seen like this, where it's a it's a serious show and it can do both serious drama and like action adventure and comedy. And I feel like Stargate is the most self-aware, but in a way that doesn't just make it a straight up parody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's because the tone was set like by midway through the first season, they'd kind of settled on like a tone, which was, 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 you know, we're having fun, but we think this is really cool. We're going to put in all this really cool stuff. So you think it's really cool too, but you know, we're doing this because it's, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, for the upcoming Amazon show, they need to bring back, uh, Felger and Coombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. Have them be like high level, uh, like members of the Stargate command now or something. They've worked their way up. They're, they're like head, head of all the, uh, the scientists and the engineers yes. or something like that. 
or they're still just teaching at Yale or and uh, yeah. <laughs> MIT or whatever. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on this episode? So uh, there's there there were some of the lines that were that were pretty good. Yeah, some of Jack's uh, lines kind of did fall a little bit flat. But I love where you know that that the the the, the first prime comes into the the uh, comes into the cell for the first time, and O'Neill says, "What? No gloating? Take some pride in your work, son." Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. late later on, as Jack as Jack is being hit with the pain stick, this is what I call pride in my work. And yeah. Get some, yeah, that was a nice callback where Jack got a little comeuppance. Uh, <laughs> and then O'Neill even says, good job, as he's yeah. being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> O'Neill also asks him at one point for his resume. He says, yep. I captured you. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, I love that. And then he turns and was like, well, how about that, that, that resume you want to work? I've been trying to work on that one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did we have any... uh? Any alternate language uh, fun titles for this, Victor? Yeah, we did. Um, in, in a lot of languages, it, it was the other guys. In French, though, we got acte de bravoure, or bravery. So, you know, central theme of, of being brave, I guess. In Spanish, uh, we get los otros eros, the other heroes. And then in uh, German, we get vare helden, true heroes. So, I... I <laughs> You know, we were just like the other guys, but the other languages picked up on the, you know, theme of heroes, I guess. So call them not SG1. Not SG1. Yeah. yeah. The poor <laughs> schlubs. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, any other thoughts before we go? Nope. Um, yeah. The only thing is, is they met, they, there's a little discussion around um, whether SG1 has saved the, saved the world, uh, you know, Felger thinks it's seven times. Teal corrects him. It's it's eight, according to the wiki. It's actually um, where, where of course they keep track of this. There are seventeen prior instances where SG one had had saved the planet, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe they don't count all of those. I wonder what the criteria is, because I feel like every incident kind of indirectly leads to that. Yeah, even message in a bottle with the you know the virus orb that was planning on wiping out all life on Earth. You know they stopped that, but they also brought it back, right? So mm-hmm. I think yeah. that one shouldn't count. Does it count if you caused the problem in the first place, or is it just a wash? Maybe that's a wash. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think they get paid either way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to put on your time card to uh, save the world today. You don't get paid. Yep. Yeah. Well, they're they're, they're military, so they maybe get paid their salary. Maybe their bonuses are based on how many times they save the world that fiscal year. That's just their promotions. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> awesome. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Sam W., Julia W., Karen M., Isaac K., and Bennett G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com. Slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And you can also join us over at uh, sqpn.com slash discord. We have our discord channel over there and it's a lot of fun. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. 
And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Allegiance. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. You try to help people, this is the thanks you get. I feel that. I work in <laughs> IT, so I feel yeah. that. <laughs> Once again, I'm Jack Berezini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, The Secrets of Middle-Earth. Find it wherever you can find podcasts or at sqpn.com slash Middle-Earth.